Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational Lady Podcast. Before we meet today's guests, we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, and Vital Signs Wall of Fame. These are four great uh, organizations. You need to add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Take three and a half minutes and listen to our sponsorship shout-outs. These are all products that you should be using, too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Snap Mobile, which is the parent company for an entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director. There's Snap Manage, Snap Connect, Snap Store, and, of course, there's Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We've used Snap Raise at our school with tremendous success. So will you. They even have a program where they'll give you your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com and get started today. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com, change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped our teams helped our coaches and our athletes play at their highest level. It was a complete professional grade solution. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com, start creating custom world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. Today, the student-athletes, they're all on social media. And if your social media platform is not up to date, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com, start creating world-class content, uh, social media, uh, for your school's social media channels. That's Gipper.com. We want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply to tell more compelling stories uh, to engage your audience, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products, and when you're ready to buy, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. Vital Signs Wall of Fame, bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to thank a new sponsor, District One. I want you to go to, I want you to, go to district1.com for a better uniform experience. That's district followed by W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won because District 1 offers you fully custom premium uniforms with on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. And you can order one-at-a-time replacements. So you never need to order a full set of uniforms just because you need one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to district1.com. That's W-O-N on the back end. Click the team gear button for your free quote. That's district1.com. And we want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for your events online, not just athletic events, but everything. School plays, concerts, dances, even graduation. But here's the best part. Every step of the way, Hometown is going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager. It's going to give you hands-on support every step of the way. 
That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started today. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. It's probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. ADs usually only hear back from the complainers, that 2%. But we also need to hear back from the 98% that love and support your program, and that's where Athletic Surveys comes in. Athletic Surveys is going to create a custom survey for your athletic department to let you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with uh, a complaining parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Get started today. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we've got a good friend. We have, uh, as we say, a friend of the show uh, back with us today, Dr. Megan Bunning. If you're new to Wednesday Wisdom, Dr. Bunning um, has a tremendous background in sports. Uh, she was a, an outstanding, a Hall of Fame uh, college athlete, uh, also a very successful college coach. Uh, she is currently a member of the faculty at Florida State University's FSU coach program, uh, an online master's program in coaching. Um, she's also got a footprint uh, on the national scene uh, and international scene. She's a certified mental performance consultant. Uh, she also a uh, very popular uh, part of a very popular broadcast team for college softball and the SEC network and others. Um, Dr. Megan Bunny, welcome back to Wednesday Wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, again, for our listeners, Dr. Bunning uh, is really, she is an active, you know, uh, professor, but she's also a very active researcher. And what she is able to do, I, I think as good as anybody I've ever met, is take this abstract research uh, and apply it uh, in a very practical way for coaches to deliver to their athletes, you know, for ADs to, to deliver to deliver to coaches. Uh, and I just love um, having her on the program. So, uh, Dr. Bunning, what do you have for us this week on Wednesday Wisdom? Yes. So, you know, I'm going to bring some of that literature in, right? <laughs> um, I thought that this week, so I'm, if you're listening to this podcast, what where we are in the year is we have just wrapped up our spring semester at Florida State and through FSU Coach. And what prompted this topic for me was really based off of our students who are coaches. They're either trying to break into the field or, you know, we range all the way to long term coaches. So it's a master's degree in athletic coaching. 
And I started reading through some of their reflection papers and some of their final assignments. And I always ask, of course, you know, what did what did you learn from this course and how are you are how are you going to apply it, right? And I keep over the semesters, I keep kind of getting a same response. And all of the coaching students talk about how much they learn about how to reflect and how to be reflective. And that has been one of the most meaningful takeaways they have through the courses that they take, uh, at least that I teach, because I build in with almost every assignment, there is some sort of reflective piece. So while they know it or not, and I guess they do know it because they're picking up on it, I'm trying to teach them how to be reflective. So today I thought I would talk a little bit about intentional reflection practices that coaches and administrators and really anyone can use. So let's, let's kind of first situate ourselves and ask what is self-reflection? You know, a lot of times when I ask that question, people will say, well, I just kind of think about something and that maybe that I've done or that I've thought. So I just kind of think back to what I thought or what I did. And while that is a step or a part of self-reflection, there's more to an intentional reflective practice. All right, so I'm gonna go through a couple of those, but just a little bit more on this self-reflection piece. If you look at it as a whole, again, like I said, it's more than just thinking back to what you did or thought. Uh, you're gonna pick a specific event or time that you wanna reflect upon. And that, and that can be a thought too. I'm just gonna use an event uh, for this example. And while you're thinking about that event, you want to remind yourself kind of what happened. So give yourself a description of that experience or that thought. And that can be you know, what you see, what you heard, what you felt, all the things. While you're doing this, and this is actually a skill that you can learn in itself, you want to remove emotion and actually critically analyze what you're reflecting on over that particular specific event, time, thought, whatever it is. And it helps to write down your thoughts and feelings about that experience. It helps, especially if it's not a good experience or something that you messed up on, it helps to, to get that out there. I'm going to talk again, like I said, about specific models that we can use for reflection but essentially you're going to ask yourself specific questions that will help guide this reflective part. And so a lot of times uh, people, when I say ask yourself you know, questions to kind of get yourself targeted in on a specific part of that event that you're trying to remember, uh, they're, they ask themselves questions that are too general. Um, so what did I learn from that? What could I have done better? And while those are good questions, they still are pretty broad in general. So we wanna get at uh, questions that are gonna help us truly evaluate the experience or the event. And then we're gonna analyze it and we're gonna draw some conclusions, which is going to answer that question of what did I learn? Now, as you're thinking about being intentional with your reflective practice, this is something that you really wanna schedule or you wanna be consistent with. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am not, when I was growing up, I like to keep a journal just because it was fun. I was a little kid and it was something to do. But these days I have to write and read so much. I don't want to journal. <laughs> uh, however, we, when we write things out, it gives us a physical experience. So we're, you know, when we're writing stuff or yeah, maybe even typing, but 
when we're writing it out, that physical action can help bring out some of the feeling and emotion and thoughts that we didn't even realize that we were having. So journaling and those sorts of things uh, are actually something that's used in therapy um, that can help. I use that with my clients that I work with for mental performance, and I definitely use it with the students in our program. So one is to find a way to get it out. It can also be an audio journal, right? We don't have to write everything. Sometimes I speak, I can say it better. Uh, the key though is to be consistent with it. So schedule it, be intentional with it, and then also be consistent. Keep in mind that sometimes you need to give yourself at least 24 hours after the event or thing that happened and then reflect. And if you think about that, it makes sense. You know, if something has happened, I know for our students, we ask them to wait 24 hours before they email us about a grade or something that they disagree with. And that is to give yourself time to really move through the emotional response and let yourself kind of think about what it is that you're really trying to get, uh, get across. So what do we know about the power of self-reflection? Well, there's actually quite a bit of literature out there. Self-reflection helps us to make improvements to our own actions. And, you know, for me as an educator now, and as a, as a coach, self-reflection can actually improve the experience for others in the future. And so that, that part of the importance uh, is, is very powerful for me. So improve my own actions because it's going to make the experience for the people I'm working with better down the road. We learn, we learn from our mistakes and self-reflection helps us identify those mistakes and really think through how are we going to improve upon that, uh, you know, coming up. And we also learn from what we did so that we can continue to do the things that worked well and we can enhance those things. So it's not always about how we messed up. But one of the biggest benefits of self-reflection is it strengthens what is called metacognition. And I know that I'm probably speaking to some educators and administrators, and you're probably very aware of what metacognition is. But for those that are not, in just really short, metacognition is the awareness about your own thoughts and how you think and how you learn. So metacognition really is, it embodies being able to self-reflect. And essentially, uh, metacognition helps us control how we learn. And so self-reflection is what is called an executive function or higher order function in the brain. And it is something that you can intentionally train and improve upon. So before I move into a model of self-reflection and kind of give you some more concrete guidelines, you know, Jake, I'm kind of thinking, what do you think about all this? Well, you probably saw me, as always, furiously scribbling down uh, my notes. Um, uh, one thing that you mentioned, uh, you know, the physical act of writing this down, uh, that would that was something I would always tell my uh, my students about. Well, why do we have to take notes? Uh, and I would talk about and I really was just kind of shooting from the hip. I would say, well, there's a connection when you hear it when you see me put something up on the board uh, and then you write it down. It's going to help you remember it and and use it later. Uh, so I appreciate you uh, backing me up with that uh, uh, solid research there. Um, and I was thinking for people that would 
incorporate this um, this intentionality, uh, you probably want to find what works best for that person. But is there any research on physically writing versus typing it on a laptop or or listening or you know vocalizing it later? Uh, and does it even matter? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there really is. If you look in the literature within the teaching research, there's also, uh, like I said, kind of in the counseling or psychology field, there is literature out there that shows that one, it, kind of to further support what you said about remembering, we are up to seven times more likely to remember something when we physically write it out versus if we just type it or if we say it. And so researchers really caught on to this, uh, particularly in the education field, because students were starting to show up to courses with laptops. And that's still what we use, right? Uh, so writing out is more powerful, especially in terms of remembering. Yes, you're good there. So, so my also, students, if any of my former students are <laughs> listening, I was right. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> And then, you know, the other part of it is, is when we physically write something out, it helps us like kind of like what you brought up with the connections, we're able to process a bit differently up here than if we're just typing. So the connection piece is powerful also. So there are times, think about this, and this has, is, has to do with development uh, of the brain structure, um, you know, how often do we handwrite anymore? So a, a lot of us are probably in the same kind of developmental phase as what you would see a middle schooler. And I'll give you an example. I have a soon to be 14 year old eighth grader. And she, especially growing up in her probably elementary, early middle school ages, she had a hard time approaching us when she needed something or wanted to apologize or, you know, so what we had her do is we had her write a letter and she would write masterfully and she was able to articulate what it is that she really wanted to say. And then she was able to practice that and then vocalize that. So we always started with writing letters for her. And you'll see that in the developmental research as well, is that for younger ages, have them, if they're having a hard time telling you and expressing what it is, they're just having a hard time kind of putting it together up here. So have them write it out. And that can be a tool for us as adults as well. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. I can still put that to use myself. <laughs> yes. I actually do use that. Um, I, if I have something that I want to say to somebody, especially if it's a delicate situation, uh, I will write it out first as if I'm writing a letter to them. Um, and I, that's something I use with my clients. And then you can, you can revise, you can, you know, kind of go through, see common themes. There's a lot of power in writing. So kind of to move through the writing, keep that in mind. That is an exercise. I want to talk about the model of reflection. So what is it? Anytime you're talking about a model, it is usually a structured process. And so a model of reflection is a structured process that can help guide you through analyzing a situation and seeking improvement. And so what these self-reflective models do is they can help us stay focused on our self-awareness, our knowledge about the experience in the current and in the past, and then it also can help us become more aware of our beliefs. So when you think about your beliefs and your uh, bias that you have, and we all have it, whether we know it or not, it's just part of being a human, 
and the way that our brains work, your beliefs and your bias actually change the way that you view a situation, including yourself and how you respond. And so when we are practicing self-reflection or in interacting with others in general, we want to make ourselves aware of what our beliefs are and what our bias is so that we can put into context what it is we're seeing and how we're interpreting that situation. Okay, so I'm gonna give you just a few models that you can try, and these can be used in different ways. And they, and I think as we move through, you'll see they're kind of similar, uh, but maybe just a step is missing or combined, or it's just called something different. But these are the these are popular models of self reflection. So the first one is Gibbs reflective cycle, and it is one of the most popular uh, models that you will see, especially if you were to look up models of reflection. And Gibbs cycle essentially walks you through. So if I was going to sit down and I wanted to reflect intentionally about something, and let's say I wanted to journal it, then what I'm going to do is walk through six steps. The first thing is I'm going to describe the experience, right? So I've already kind of talked about that. I want to describe what it is that I am trying to reflect upon. So as a coach, I may say, well, I want to reflect on last night's game. So I want to describe how I experienced last night's game. The next step is as you are describing this experience and kind of reliving it, think about it and record both your thoughts about it and the feelings that you had, right? So this is a way that we're going to kind of expose some of the feelings you had. If you're writing this out, you may realize that Today, I'm thinking about last night's game, and I actually was pretty irritated in the sixth inning, but at the time, I didn't realize that, all right? So then you want to dig a little bit. What irritated me? And so all of that is part of the self-reflection. After you kind of hit that second step, you've thought you, you're about your feelings, your thoughts you had, think, and try to write out specific thoughts. What did you say to yourself you know, in those moments? Then you want to evaluate both the quote good and the bad of the situation, the experience that you had, what went well, what didn't, what did you like, what did you not? And as you evaluate it, so evaluation is gonna be kind of, I know this is very simplistic, but kind of putting it into those categories, what worked, what didn't, what's good, what's bad. Then you're gonna analyze it and try to make sense of it. So why? was this good? Why was this bad? What happened that made this good? What happened that made this bad? All right. And again, I'm just using very basic terms there. Then after you analyze some things, you're going to start trying to draw some conclusions from it. What were those lessons you learned? What were things that you could do differently? What were the things that worked well? You know, kind of circle those or make another list of it. And then here's the part that really that really puts in that reflective piece, and a lot of people miss out on this, is create an action plan to move forward. How are you going to apply what you've learned? I do this with our students all the time. I'll have moved them through a reflective piece, and then I'll say, now, what is your action plan in the future with this event? Or how are you going to incorporate XYZ? So create that plan. So that's Gibbs cycle. Another similar cycle that I often use, and this is good for groups, uh, group reflection. It's also good for kind of quick hits. It's similar and it, uh, it's Borton's cycle, but it's called the what, so what, now what. 
And I love it because it's straight to the point that's coach speak, right? <laughs> so the what, identify that first, what happened? And you're trying to identify what happened without that emotion and judgment, just the facts and the evidence. What happened? So what? Think about, so what happened? So what? What was learned? And what difference did that event or thing even make? And so if you're in a group, discuss. Discuss the feelings, the ideas, and the analysis of what happened and what was learned. Discuss the so what amongst each other, amongst the team. Then lastly, now what? That's your action plan. What are you going to do move forward? How do you think you'll think or act differently because of this event or situation? And when I think, like I said, I use that for my students quite a bit, but I also think about that as a post-game reflection and having the team really come together and let them articulate what are these actions, how you're going to think as you move forward. Because when it comes from them and they're conversing amongst themselves, there's more buy-in, there's more autonomy to that. And it can really lead to some great discussion and it provides transparency. So those are two kind of popular self-reflection models. And I want to tell you quickly about two models that are also used, but these are kind of more used in the teaching realm. But I wanted to bring these out to you because there could be some value, especially for administrators. And I think you can also modify these for coaches. So, and there's only two of them. The first one is the five R's model. And I could see this with addressing team issues or thinking through kind of missed or botched plays or strategies. And so the five R's, there are five steps and they all start with R, reporting. And you're going to see how these are similar, right? Report what happened and why it's relevant. The second R, respond. Acknowledge the feelings, thoughts, emotions, observations that you had about the event. And then also how did you respond to that event? So this is getting, really pulling in you, the self, right? The next star is relate, make connections between what happened and your own skills, experience, and knowledge. So maybe have you seen this before? Was it the same or different? And how so this time? Do you think you have the skills and knowledge to handle this in the future and why? The next star is reason. What are the significant factors that underlie that event or situation and why are those important or relevant? What and then this is kind of where the teaching comes in because we're always going to ask you to go find some, uh, find, bring the receipts, find the literature, right? So what does the literature say that could guide you on what happened? Also in this reasoning, we want to bring in differing perspectives. What might somebody else think about this or how did they perceive or experience it? Uh, is there somebody else that's more knowledgeable about the situation that, that could handle that and how would they? And then always consider any ethical considerations. And then finally, restructure, reframe. So this is that action step again. Reframe how you'd handle that experience in the future. How'd you go about it next time? What could work? Think through that and why. What, what might be some other options that you're not really thinking about? Okay. The last model is the ICE model. And uh, again, I see this as a teaching strategy, but I'll put it out here so you can see maybe if you could adapt it. So ICE, three steps, ideas. What specific elements can you remember or that come to mind when you think about that event? So again, this gets back to description of the event. 
C, connections. What personal connections can you make to what happened? So think about cause effect relationships, any past experiences that you may have. Um, how do you make meaning from what you experienced? Because this is going to bring forth kind of your lessons learned or the realizations that you have about it. So we want to make those connections. And then finally, extend. How can you extend what you connected or learn? How can you might hypothesize what could happen in the future if this would happen again? And then how can you creatively think about your action plan moving forward? So again, there's a lot of similarities between these models. Like I said, I often most follow the what, so what, now what, because it's short and simple. Um, I have used the ICE model and the four R's maybe for kind of larger tasks and like I say, kind of the group uh, dynamic. And um, yeah, so that's what I have about self-reflection. And just to reiterate, you've got to have a way to be intentional about the self-reflection. So find time to sit with yourself, write it down if you can, write out these things, keep a journal. And what's cool about the journal element is you can go back on the action plan and kind of update. This happened again, and this is what happened. So you kind of see progress as you go. And then be consistent and not only consistent in logging that self-reflection, but review it. Don't just reread what you did and said and felt like go through it and see were your initial thoughts actually accurate or not. So there you go. Uh, once again, I, I think I have my notes in order here so I can ask a couple of follow-up questions. Thanks again for, for sharing all of that great stuff. Um, I, I liked it. All of them uh have that um uh, you know action plan okay you know what are you going to do now um not not as related um you know you hear people talk about uh well what's your why you know what's your why and, and again the why is important but for me it's that okay what are you going to do now you know how are you going to execute that i want to see some action you know this philosophy is great but what are you going to do uh and all of these uh models have that um you know, I can see bits and pieces from each one that, that, you know, appeal to me and my personality or my coaching style, which again, that's not the important thing. It's the kid or the coach or whoever you're working with, but for the what, so what, now what, uh, I, I think that would be my first choice. Um, it's, it's simple. Uh, and these are my words now, not yours. Um, how do you avoid, uh, that second part, the so what, um, from turning off, you know, the kid or the coach, you know, they've had this event, you know, they lost the game, they made a bad decision, whatever. And you're saying as their leader, so what, you know, what are you going to, you know, um, how do you avoid, um, you know, how do you become positive in that and nurturing and, and edifying, uh, and not, uh, you know, rain on their parade. Am I making sense here? <laughs> Absolutely. So I think, you know, anytime you're trying to build in, especially a self-reflection process, you need to set it up from the beginning. So you are introducing this to the team. Hey, this is what we're going to start doing this, this uh, season. We're going to start this in the off season. And here's the process we're going to follow. And you, and you work it in to little kind of safe events, right? I could even see that with strategy. So you're on the field and you're moving through a situation. I'll just use 
softball, imagine that. So you're moving through a situation where there's runners on base and we're at practice and we want to, you know, runners on first and second, ball is hit to left field. What do the runners do? And we go and the runners in practice make a mistake. At that point, we could pause and say, okay, so what just happened? All right, so what did we learn? How might you do that differently? And then now what? What are you going to do on this next play? So you build it in in these safe spaces so that when it comes to a post game and you're having this, the key is moving that is removing that emotion and that judgment. And that's where I was trying to tell you before that in itself is a skill you have to work on and be intentional. How do we see without letting the emotion and judgment cloud our vision, kind of like our beliefs and bias do. All right. So this is a teaching process that starts from the very beginning. And I also think it has to do with tone, the delivery of this, you know? So if I'm a coach and I'm delivering this with a lot of passion, I may need to wait 24 hours before we have that conversation. Right. And, and again, this, the, what, so what now, what that's, I would encourage the, the athletes to speak up. I'm the facilitator. So I want them to speak up and tell me, and I may need to help them see some things, but I'm facilitating this conversation, not leading it. Right. And your example is just perfect. You know, uh, introduce the concept, the technique, in practice, in those low stress uh, situations, get them to think in that way. So, you know, now, you know, it is, you know, big game or end of the game, whatever, you know, they're, they're used to processing it that way. Great stuff. As always, that's why you're the doctor. Okay. <laughs> Megan, uh, again, we appreciate you uh, sharing on uh, Wednesday wisdom. One of our listeners and listeners, I'm telling you, if you've not added Dr. Megan Bunning to your network, you're really missing out. Megan, how can they uh, get a hold of you and how can they find out more about FSU Coach? Yes. So, uh, one, you can get a hold of me through my email, m.bunning, B U N I N G, at fsu.edu. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Bunning. I have a strong meme game. So, if you want to okay. play good, that good. way. <laughs> And then you can always find me on our website and check out our online master's degree in athletic coaching at fsu.edu slash FSU coach. And I really encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, we're really trying to help give coaches more and administrators as well. So administrators can kind of get an idea of what coaches go through. Um, but we want to give you some support, some background in everything from sports psych to counseling skills, or we call them helping skills, um, theory, ethics, all the things, not the X's and O's, but all the kind of other stuff and to build your network. So please reach out. Okay. Dr. Megan Bunny, FSU coach. Thanks again for sharing on Wednesday Wisdom and uh, all the best as we get ready to uh, jump into summer. That's right. Thanks for having me. For listeners, we do this every single week and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational 80 Podcast YouTube channel. We do really appreciate you listening. Uh, come back next time for more Wednesday wisdom and just about every day for new content on the Educational 80 Podcast. We'll see you next time. Dr. Megan Bunning, FSU coach. You really need to uh, connect with her uh, on Twitter. She's also on LinkedIn. Uh, and FSU coach, uh, Dr. Tim Baggers, heads that program. 
Thanks again for listening to this episode of Wednesday Wisdom. Before we go, we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards, Wall of Fame by Vital Signs, Bring Your School's Legacy to Life, Snap Mobile, check out all the platforms at snapraise.com. I want to say thanks to Huddle, uh, District 1, that's W-O-N, district1.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Gipper, uh, the official um, branding program for the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Everybody take care.